Hi, Andy here. Just a quick note to say that you're now listening to part two of the Steve Armstrong episode on destructive leadership behaviors. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I'd suggest you go back and do that before continuing. Cheers. Hello and welcome to Sticky from the Inside, the employee engagement podcast that looks at how to build stickier, competition-smashing, consistently successful organizations from the inside out. I'm your host, Andy Gorham, and I'm on a mission to help more businesses turn the lights on behind the eyes of their employees, light the fires within them, and create tons more success for everyone. This podcast is for all those who believe that's something worth going after and would like a little help and guidance in achieving that. Each episode, we dive into the topics that can help create what I call stickier businesses, the sort of businesses where people thrive and love to work and where more customers stay with you and recommend you to others because they love what you do and why you do it. So if you want to take the tricky out of being sticky, listen on. Hello and welcome back to part two of this episode. Last time out, we covered 10 of Steve Armstrong's 15 destructive leadership behaviours. In this episode, Steve continues to take us through the remaining ones, sharing his honest and frank examples of where they have tripped him up during his career, hoping that by sharing his mistakes and what he's learned, others will tread a very different path. So let's crack on with number 11. I think something I learned is that somebody once told me early doors in my career when I became a multi-site leader, somebody told me quite early on, and it was one of the most throwaway bits of advice I think I've ever had, but one of the most impactful. Um, and it was the, no matter how good you are, they don't want you anywhere near them. And I thought, you know, that's right. So I always strived to when I get by myself, so that's a challenge. So I thought, well, I don't want to live like that. You know, I actually want people to look forward to me coming to the business um, and feeling that, yeah, I might be, you know, uh, I'm probably going to have an intense day because he's in, but I'm going to go away feeling much more calibrated, aligned and, and on the right track um, and be, be accurate in my appraisal oh. of where things are at. But I do think that deep down there are a lot of leaders who don't understand the concept of you need to be there when you need it, but not there when you're not. Um, and I think if you're one of those always around bosses, that's a destructive culture that you've got to swerve. I think sometimes you've then got to question, well, why am I always around? Because I think there are a lot of people, I've, I've met people who absolutely fear being alone professionally. They're uncomfortable with that. I'm brilliant at being on my own. Um, I really do sometimes have no problem of not phoning people, not being in meetings, not being present if I'm not needed. Because I want to give people that room to, to breathe, to feel trusted. But I'm always, I think, created of the culture where if stuff's going to hit the fan, that phone rings, I'll be, I'll be on it. Uh, or if I don't pick it up, that phone will ring them back within a certain period of time. But I think 
being reliant on groups and being reliant on being surrounded by individuals. I think you've got to just avoid that in a, in a leadership position. Um, understand that no matter how good you are, people need a break from you. People need a breather from you. Um, and give them that room, you know, give them that room to, 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 to just get on with their job. And even when you feel like you're doing the nice stuff, I mean, I, you know, bosses, you know, did, you know, when they've dived in the car at five o'clock, you know, and they ring you and they say, I, I'm, I'm just, I've just got, I'm in the car for the next couple of hours. I thought I'd give you a quick ring. You know, well, I'm not in the car for the next couple of hours. Thanks. You know, I'm, I'm busy. Um, you know, sometimes people mean well with this sort of stuff. Um, but don't fear being out of the group or out of the team or out of the, you know, be confident that you can dip in and out because eventually you, if you create that always there, presence eventually you don't have a presence at all you know you're just furniture and i still think that in amongst any leadership culture you as a boss or a leader you you want to you want to have that impact of the boss is here or i'm around here and i don't mean that in a negative way you know you want people to feel like you know this is a big day for the business or, you know, we need to listen here. We need to learn here. We need to sort of focus on our plans and our strategies here, not just, oh, he's in again or she's turned up again. She's always here. Don't know what she does. Don't know what he thinks. Don't know what he does. <laughs> you know, you see that all the time and you just think, you know, leave them be. Um, you know, don't be there if you're not needed, um, but be right there when you are, you know, and hopefully routine of, you know, getting to, chat to people frequently and you know just rely on that you know um I, I i learned very quickly that i comfortably not speak to people who report to me um for a reasonable period of time um because i knew that i trusted them i think they trusted me um but i wasn't going to go imposing me on my time um upon them when you know they've obviously got other things to do. Um, you know, if you're a boss worth anything, your people will be busy and focused and engaged because you've done your job. Um, if you then happen to constantly follow them up and mither in with phone calls because you're in the car for the next two hours or, you know, just sort of check in and see how you are type of thing. I mean, people do these with the best of intentions, but again, it feels like wasted time on stuff that's not really going to add huge value. People will always respectfully say, yeah, 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 I'm fine. How's your day been? And then they'll sit on the phone chatting to you for an hour about nothing. You put the phone down and go mire somebody else. And more often, they're now an hour behind in whatever it was they were doing. You know, and, you know you've got to be mindful of that. And there's nothing wrong with a bit of work loneliness when it comes to multi-site or, or boss leadership. You know, don't, don't be scared of being alone or out of the loop on stuff um, definitely not definitely not yeah. let's just take a little pause there let's just recap where we where we got to so if we sort of follow so i mean i'm trying to keep up yeah i'm trying to I remember why i haven't said it <laughs> so i've got number six wasting the time on stuff that doesn't matter living in the past resenting other successes avoiding throwing in the towel early or rather, if it's a destructive behavior, throwing the towel in early. Playing the blame game. And the last one we talked about just then, being that always around leader. 
and, and I look at some of those and I think, I mean, that wasting time on stuff that doesn't matter. I mean, that plays black beautifully to me, at least, in everybody being very clear about two things. Those common goals we've all got right ahead of us where the direction is and what or how I play my part in it. And that second part of how I play my part in it, what's my job and what's expected of me. And actually, yeah. do I know what's important or am I just kind of going, going through stuff that yeah. incredibly important. And the, when you start to talk about playing the blame game or leaders, particularly playing that blame game, you know, sometimes people need to remember that leadership is a proper privilege. And with it comes actually, some wonderful things. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, all the people stuff is, is, is brilliant when you get it right. There are perks associated with it. You get to do some amazing things and work with some amazing people, but with it comes different responsibilities. Yeah. You know, if, if things go well, it will be your team. that get all the praise. If things hit the fan, mm. you're going to have to fess it up. <laughs> you're going to have to front it yeah. up. That's just part and parcel of it. Yeah, it is. And I think, um, but I think, that's when I think the great leaders shove themselves to the front of the queue. Responsibility can lie elsewhere, but accountability often really doesn't. Um, and I think understanding the two things being different, I think is, is, is important. Mm. Um, yeah, I think the, the piece, are, but again, it's part of this psychological contract that you create with your employees and your team members and your, and your peers, um, and everyone around you, um, that people can trust. Um, and just because it's not, written in some kind of formal policy or some kind of job description that you sign, you know, it still exists. And I think once people know they've got this contract with you as their, as their boss um, or as their leader or, or whatever, um, and that element of, of trust then I think gets, gets further strengthened and, and becomes more deep rooted um, that, you know, it makes steering people away from some of these things that you consider to be disruptful um, of your plan or of your strategy. It makes the steering of people away from that easier because they trust you. You know, and as I said, I don't, I've never got, you know, I've got so many, I've got as many things wrong as I have right. But I think people will always trust the fact that my process was good and they'll trust that when it does come out the wash the wrong way, I'll be the one at the front of the queue going, you know, maybe people pile into this when you post it on wherever it is you post it online and there might be a lot of comments below it going, well, you know, I disagree with that. And, you know, but I'd like to think that uh, most people would, would understand that, yeah, that I honoured what I said I was going to do there, you know. Yeah, um, and, and I think if you, you argue against that? Yeah, and again, but again, it's something I encourage. You know, this is what I was trying to get across to that young audience yeah, that, yeah. that we that we spoke to late into the evening. Um, once they, the earlier that these guys recognise that and understand that, the uh, the more chance they've got of not just success, because I think success has to be balanced with am I enjoying the end product of being successful? And again, I I challenge people to ask themselves what will success look like. Well, yeah, um, exactly further down in your career, you know, I've told you what mine is. Um, it ain't materialistic or it ain't a position or it ain't I reach this stage of wherever. It's what proportion of people, when asked to describe a, a, the best boss they've ever had, how many people would either, either say me or how many of them would say, would throw my name into the conversation. Um, that's how I would determine success. 
you know, how many people in your life say he's a good lad in? What proportion of people that you meet and engage with would have that opinion of you? Um, and I don't think being a good lad or, yeah, she's a good girl, I don't think it's a high bar. I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's not a particularly taxing thing to set yourself. You know, I think it's an easy thing to be. To sustain it over, you know, five decades, that, that's where the challenge comes in with that one. But, um, I think the same applies to your, to your, to your work life, you know? Yeah, look, 100%. I think if you can get to combine being perceived like that and somebody recognising that you helped them achieve more than they thought they could achieve, I mean, that's a heady combination for me. That's where I think you win, right? Yeah, that's I where agree. I think you win. I think, by my reckoning... Got three I got, left. I, well, I've got four, um, it's unless you've blended some. If we end up with 14, just change the title. I'll just um, change the title, yeah. Yeah. Um, repeating mistakes is unforgivable, and I think it's um, more than once is a choice. Um, it's a failure to learn from experience. It's a failure to take responsibility for, for previous action. And I think that, you know, continuing to go down that road um, does, because I think that's then when, as a leader, you get called into question by the members of teams. Um, to say, Are you going to let this carry on? You know, where's the sanction for this? But I also think it, it's an important thing to sort of look at as well when things don't go to plan and you've gone through that analysis of what went, you know, the wrong direction. What actions did you take as a result of that? You know, you, you, you're also calling yourself into question there as well um, as a leader if you've gone through that right, you know, correction process where you've got to the root cause of what happened here and and. and and put the right things in place. You, th there's elements of that that I think fall to yourself, but I think you know you've got to take a dim view of of just repeating things that cause you know either harm, not physical harm, um, but professional harm to, to 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 colleagues or harm to a guest experience. You know you, you can't keep allowing that to to occur in organisations. You see it everywhere. If you've ever found yourself looking at some situation or looking at an individual, if that's if, if that's the case, we've been here before. You know, you, you you've got to start to take a pretty dim view of, of that. You know, there's always going to be circumstances that don't work out, and and I think where people just can't listen and learn from experiences that that's problematic. Experiences are fine if the outcome's wrong, if they're going to be gained from. But if there's no gain from going through some of these pain barriers, then you've got to start questioning suitability of either, you know, the strategy or, you know, potentially individuals or even yourselves in, in, in leadership roles. Um, but I think if you start asking yourself, well, not again, well, we were, you know, that's, that's got to be ironed out, I think. So I think again, repeating mistakes is, is hugely destructive. I think eyes wander to more than one person when mm -hmm. when that can when that when that occurs, um, and I think that um, at some point patience is going to wear very thin, tolerance is going to you know pretty much extinguish itself, and, and what you end up left with then more often than not is uh, isn't the nice situation because um, I think managing performance and coaching performance is 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 a buzz. But I'd say there can't be anybody in the world who enjoys taking somebody all the way down the road that involves them moving on. Um, 
I don't care who you are. You know, if you, if you do enjoy taking people down that road, then, you know, you're a professional masochist who's got no place in leadership. Um, but it is an unfortunately and an inevitable outcome sometimes of, you know, and listen, sometimes the circumstances that create that, uh, you know, as I said before, they're not down to an individual, they're down to situations sometimes. And, um, but yeah, I think there's got to be an understanding that if we keep shooting ourselves in the foot over the same thing, that there's got to be a sanction to that. Um, and I just think the destructive behaviour is not having the sanction, not having the, look, there's got to be some kind of responsibility taken for this. Um, just letting it carry on and carry on is, isn't, isn't acceptable. Um, you know, we wouldn't accept it, you know, from pilots, surgeons, you know, jobs where the outcome of, you know, repeating mistakes in their world is, is more significant than it is ever going to be in mine. But, you know, I think the concept still applies. So yeah, that one was, was, was one. I think, um, LinkedIn's just about my least favorite place on the planet. And I use that. And, and again, I'm not, that's, you know, my personal opinion. And I don't think it's necessarily that of the organization of LinkedIn, but the lacking of self-awareness that gets displayed on there sometimes is just astounding. Um, and I think that cool, you know, people, you know, who are trying to give people inspiration and going on about how they've seized the day and how they used to be this, that, and the other. And, but, you know, they're sat there either in the first class cabin on the train or they've got the Ferrari steering wheel very visible or the Rolex watch on display. And you just think, read the room, man. You know, read the room, read the world, um, and just understand that there's people out there who just aren't having a great time. And some of your constant pronouncements of how great are we, it's just not fair or right or appropriate. And just, you know, the, this lacking self-awareness or making about you as an individual, and certainly in a senior position, is, un is unforgivable behavior for me. And I don't think it, I think it undermines leaders. And I think it's just certainly today, post COVID, people are a lot more fragile than they've ever been. People are a lot more worried and less secure than they've ever been. Even people in jobs that are good and for the first time, they've had that real derailment in life where they've suddenly seen what having nothing can look like. Um, and even, you know, what's been left behind with the cost of living, inflations, mortgages, everything else. Just understand the rest of the world um, before you start putting pen to paper or fingers to keyboard as it is nowadays with stuff like your seize the day inspirational chats um, or look at us, we're doing great. Just read the room um, and just have a bit more self-awareness. And I think lacking not just self-awareness, but your inability to read what everyone else might be thinking and going through at this time. You can have the best intentions in the world, um, but if you get that wrong and it's perceived wrong, because what you've said might not be what's read, what you've said might not be what's heard. Um, and LinkedIn's full of that. Um, you know, there's so much stuff on there that I think is ill-timed, ill-thought-out, and that's passing into people's um, feeds and timelines, you know, and, you know, and as part of a wider piece, you know, the, the, these, these sites are 
epically helpful. But again, the concept of what am I on here for? What am I doing on here? What is the purpose of me doing it? You know, you know, it started off as somewhere to connect to. Now it's just the ultimate professional sales ring um, and the ultimate, you know, how is there a blaggers and people who want to show off that I think I've ever seen. And I, I find that abhorrent sometimes. It just, it's more magnified. I mean, you LinkedIn as a, as an example, because it's more magnified because it's there and it can reach millions. But I've seen that type of behavior within leaders and within organizations before, um, you know, where, you know, the, the leader wants to be seen is exactly that, which is fine. But, you know, you've just got to be a little bit more mindful of what's going on elsewhere in, in the world. And I think any leader that lacks self-awareness about their actions and how that might be seen to other people and also their inability to read the room, particularly this room. And when I say this room, I mean the current state of the world. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Yeah. It's, um, I think that more than anything else can undo all your credibility um, in a in a in a short space of time. I mean, and I find it very interesting that people choose certain backdrops or they choose to talk about things within their professional life. I think they choose their backdrops very carefully. You know, I've got a plain wall here. You know, I've seen people stood in front of mansions having these conversations. And, you know, fine. You know, enjoy your life, but don't go ramming all of that down the, the I thought the interesting thing over COVID was how many libraries in people's houses started to come through and look at all the books <laughs> up look how well read I am I as an individual it, I it, yeah <laughs> it was it was always very funny that when people clearly hadn't done the I just need to check what's on the shelf here before <laughs> before the camera starts all um, my Jilly Coopers would be on your plain Jilly. view for everybody mate that's 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 the reality of the situation Every, uh, yeah I I, I I don't think I did any my 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 position at home is um there's no visible bookcase. Um, they, they'd have been able to see everything I've ever coloured in if they'd, uh, <laughs> if, if they'd seen mine. But again, I, I don't want that to be sort of, you know, detrimental to to people who use these platforms for the for the for the right reason. But I think leadership sometimes, well, all the time, should come with with some humility. And by all means, enjoy whatever success materialistically life is gets given to you from being good at what you do, but just be mindful of where you put it, whether that be out and about in those kind of online circles or even out and about in, you know, in the office or, or around the workplace. There's a, there's a right way to, I think, to, but yeah, that, that was certainly one. I think the other thing that I do think, though, having said that, and this may sound um, a little bit contradictory compared to what I've just said, but I just think that, Sometimes people think that companies, businesses, or the world owes them a living, and it, it just doesn't. Um, and thinking the world owes you something or the business owes you something, I, I just think is an unhealthy culture, whether that be something that everybody thinks or you as a leader thinks. Um, I think deep down, if you graft hard on the right stuff, and I think if you stay true to your values professionally and you by and large execute what's asked of you, and you are surrounded by people who will actively champion you for what you stand for. I think whatever your road will will be due and will come organically. If stuff isn't coming your way, then it's highly likely that there'll be a reason for that. And it's highly likely that it'll be linked to something that, you know, 
is is down to something that is within your control. And I just think, and I see it particularly. I've seen it a lot. Um, sorry, a lot earlier. And, and again, I I I, I say this because I've, I've I've done that. Um, you know, there's been times in my job where I've and you know I've said before all of these behaviours and things I've done. I recognised early doors in my life that you know these things are things that you should just not do, and that that's certainly something that you know I felt well I should I should have been promoted here or you know that person should have been you know why not you know what's going on here you know and sometimes businesses and organisations and they just make decisions that sometimes don't suit you yeah um, and that's just the way it is unfortunately but sitting there thinking you do something or you road something you might well be but it ain't healthy to be sitting there dwelling on that and festering on that and letting that eat away at you because that's then going to eat away at you, the way you do your job mm. and when you as a leader of people whether you're the boss of one person ten or a thousand if you're impacted in a negative way then that's going to impact on on them you know so i think feeling like that is is fine but acting like it isn't healthy um and it can undo so so many things and um i do think that uh yeah feeling like you wrote something is 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 a behavior that will destroy the cultures and the teamwork and the spirit and the bonds that you built within i'd like to think that sometimes most people do end up where their talent, where their ability suggests it should. Sometimes you meet, you have to change organisation to fulfil that, and sometimes you have to move into different roles to fulfil that. But I think by and large, you end up in the right place. Mm. But sometimes other people get chosen before you do, and sometimes what you feel you're due now actually comes further down the line. Um, you know, I've tested on one role that I didn't get, but it's like when I look back, I, it, it was because if you look at all measurements and KPIs, I mean, there was no other person for the job other than me, according to me. And I was wrong because, yeah. you know, but I think the business made a, a decision that when I look back, I think that's the kind of decision I'd have made because it was about me being the end benefactor. You know, I wasn't the benefactor of that decision. I, 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 would, I don't think I sulked for too long about it, but I did feel hard done by, and I felt, well, I'm out this. My performance over the last two or three years, as is evidenced in every measurement, suggests that. And the thing I hate more was the impact I had on my team because I felt I was owed something. And still to this day, I won't forgive myself for the way I was for two or three days over that. I mean, it doesn't sound like a long period of time, um, but, yeah, you know, you're not owed anything, unfortunately. I think that is it. The world does not owe you mm. a living. It's just the way the world works, right? Some things work. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's it your time. And sometimes it's not your time. I think you owe yourself more than I think anybody else or any organization can owe you. And I think my message to you, don't wait until you get to your 50s to work that out. Mm. Um, you know, and this is what we tried to tell that room the other night. Yeah. We tried to tell that room that was predominantly full of people in their, I want to say, late 20s, early 30s. And we try to champion that. Listen, don't get to the later years of your life before you start to realise all of this sort of stuff because it'll be a colossal shame and a, and a, a lot of wasted professional time. 
Um, which would be an absolute no. waste. Absolute yeah, waste. Yeah, and the one thing I would say, and I think it was credit to, to the job that you guys had done, you, as much as that was a really good evening and a good talk, they had to be in the frame of mind to want to listen to that. And I think that speaks volumes about whatever it was you guys had done throughout a week and certainly the barriers that you clearly had to break down to get them to sort of, you know, because you've got to get, you know, you, you've got to get, you've got to get past them. The Not only the, I think the first phase that, that you often go through when I start the groups is um, the one where, first of all, they don't understand why they're there. And then when they work out why they're there, they start to think, well, hang on, never mind me. What about my boss? It doesn't do any of this sort of stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, so you you don't have long times with these groups when you're in L and D roles to break some of these belief windows down and then get them into a place where their eyes and their ears are open. And um, yeah, that was, was a good job. That. <laughs> so, what's the last one then, Steve? What's 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 the last destructive behaviour in this list of fifteen? Well, you may have to bleep this out, but uh, just don't be a dickhead. <laughs> um, now, some people might be watching this thinking, well, that's a bit rich coming from him. But um, that was the best advice my mum ever gave me. Now, my mum was a tough woman, um, you know, didn't didn't make it through her 60s, sadly. But um, she um, didn't suffer fools. She had very simple outcomes on life, typical North Manchester, 70s mother, you know, hard as nails, loved to drink, loved to sig. Um, and, and had a fairly, you know, straightforward life. But, um, the one thing that she always said to us was just, you know, there's a right way, there's a way to be certain things and just don't be one. Um, and the more I thought about that, the more I found myself telling people that just don't be, you know, whatever people's, you know, offensive word of choice is. I mean, feel free to insert it there, but, you know, I, I've used a polite one for the, for the purpose of this podcast, but, um, you know, you bringing it back to this is a good lad in conversation. But I think there's a lot of people who I think can name people in their professional life uh, who may have been very good at what they did, who may have been very, very talented, who may have achieved great deals, but deep down at heart, they were just a bit of a tool. And for me, where do you want to be in life? You know, do you want that success criteria to be that you've done this, that, and the other, or, you know, do you want credibility from people who, you know, have said, yeah, good lad him. And, you know, that was my mum's simplest advice to me and our kid. She never, she never gave us any other bit of advice in life. She just said, don't be, you know, don't be a dick. Um, and look what path it set you on, my friend. I, I should add that, you know, it didn't stop us from being one. Um, <laughs> but what it did do was, and I think again with all these behaviours, the important thing isn't not doing them, it's recognizing when you are doing them. Yeah. And having the chance to just stop and go away from going down that route or changing the direction that you're going in. Um, I think when you're a leader, you can sense them coming both from yourself and from other people. A lot of people sometimes aren't aware that, you know, through experience that that, that, that this is how they're going about their life. And this is about how they're going about being part of a team or being part of leading a team. So, but I, I just think, you know, bring it back to that, you know, an organizational psychologist who I met only a couple of years ago, in fact, less than a couple of years ago, fantastic woman. She just said, it's not hard to get on the right side of people. You just have to demonstrate warmth and competence. Um, and the more I thought about that, I thought, you know, God, if, 
I mean, it sounds easy, um, but, you know, this, it's probably a lot more complex, certainly the competence part. But I think if people can ask the question, you know, what's that new fella like? And if they can say, well, you know, he seems a good lad or she seems sound and they know the stuff. I mean, you're on, you're on a good, you're on a good platform there for a start. And then once people get that reputation associated with you, and then they can then start to also add the values of the experience from being in your professional company or even your personal company, if, if, if that's how you play these things. Um, people will often then, I think, build a level of trust and respect for you that, that, you know, that lives for a very, very long period of time. And I think then that gives you the right to be able to influence people, um, to be an inspiration to people and to be able to credibly say that you wanted that psychological contract that you sort of subconsciously build with, with, with people who are given you as their leader. Um, and you can honestly say hand on heart that you treated that like the privilege that it was and that you've always tried to do the right thing as close to the values that are important to you and your team and your organization as, as is possible. You know, none of this stuff has to be complicated. Um, you know, and a lot of these things that I've just described there are really simple. And I, I, I think it's important people understand that they're simple because, because they're simple, they're easy to adopt. Because they're easy to adopt, they're easy to be part and parcel of everyday professional life. And it's easy for them to run absolute like wildfire through your organization before you know it, your culture's in shreds and your plans in pieces because these disruptive behaviors, whether they're all present or whether one or two of them are present at certain times, you know, if they're deep rooted and you don't have the ability to go, hang on, we're doing this again here. Just let's stop. It's a tough road back from that. Um, in any situation where you have senior responsibility, um, or a senior role or a senior level within, within a team. Um, you know, and I think again, you don't have to do complicated things wrong to have the most destructive impact on your organization. It's sometimes these very, very, very basic things that, that people just don't realize are there. They're, they're almost like silent assassins within, within, within your makeup and recognizing them seeing them in yourself and seeing them appearing in others is just something that, you know, you have a choice here, you have a chance to sort of put some of these, some of these out. And um, I'm very proud of the fact that there are a number of colleagues who uh, I see, I see now actively wording some of these things. It's I've, I've never sat and listed these behaviors before in this kind of format. I've never sat down in front of the team and said, right, these 15 things we're not doing. I've just seen them come in. And when I've seen them come in, I've steered people away from them because, as I said before, you know, your job as a leader is, is you, you're in a position of elevation. Now, if you take the term, I'm in an elevated position, I mean, you can look and see more. You can see further ahead than other people can. And when you've got that vision, you know, your duty is to steer people the right way. And if you see things that are coming that you think are going to, be obstructive or destructive, then you only you can stop that from happening. Um, and I think I think that's right. And I think this list is a good little checklist for people to kind of look out for. Now, hmm. I, now I normally have this part in the show. And by the way, this episode has 
uh, challenged a lot of things it's for the first time ever that there won't be any sticky notes because we've had 15 <laughs> sticky notes. So in a complete break with tradition, in that sort of summarizing area of the show that is called Sticky Notes, we're just going to recap the 15 destructive behaviors, right? And they are the things that are going to go on the Instagram channel. So with you know, your pens and papers ready. You're going to have to use a couple of asterisks. <laughs> It'll be raw as intended. I was going to say, that's, that's not even a swear word in Manchester. So, <laughs> yeah. so, but as I said, if one person sits and does some reflecting and and, and has a look inwardly at themselves or, or their team, um, you know, I think what was really interesting, what I think surprised me about that conversation we had was um, – because it was, I think by the time we sat down, they'd obviously been in the, the room all day. They'd then gone to the bar and had a couple of drinks. They then had some food. And then at 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m., they then get camped back in this room in front of a complete stranger for an hour and a half or an hour and 20 minutes or whatever it was. I mean, as graveyard shifts go, both for them and for me, that's fairly, it's up there, isn't it? But I think that I was taken aback by their level of recognition of that and going, yeah, yeah, kind of, you know, and obviously when you then start having the side conversations in the bar afterwards again, um, <laughs> into what got quite late, um, you know, I was quite taken aback by the way that this was taken on board and received and, you know, and as I said, because one of them, when you, when you, Champion something that you take simple, simple advice. Um, maybe, maybe it isn't simple advice, or maybe it's more complex than, than I than I than I give it credit for. But um, certainly, I was I was taken aback by the impact. Of that. Maybe it is something that perhaps is something that those starting out on their leadership journey or starting to get to that point where you know they've reached. You know, there was another point in my career where I felt I've reached. I've reached a level here where I've now I'm now more senior than my talent, and you know I got to that point. You know I thought I've got, I've got to start. Just how do I get better at what I do here? You know, and I think um, you know, I think certainly in today's age where certainly the inability to retain managers and retain talent, you know, really great talent, you know, and high turnover, um, it does seem as if more young people are reaching more senior positions than ever before. So, yeah, it was an interesting chat. That and listen, you know, good luck to them. And as I said, if if there's a couple of people out there who've listened to this and thought, you know, I'm going to look at that, or I'm going to try and see whether that's stuff that goes on either within what I do or what my team does or within the business, then uh, then yeah, good good on them. So let's just recap the 15 behaviours that we've covered today, then, my friend. Right. So we've had feeling sorry for yourself. Being controlled by others, being resistant to change, avoiding risk, offering false kindness, wasting time on stuff that doesn't matter, living in the past, resenting other people's successes, throwing in the towel too early, playing the blame game, being one of those always around leaders repeating mistakes, lacking self-awareness, thinking the world owes you something and being a dickhead. 
right? The, the 15 destructive yeah. behaviors, marvelous. Yeah, Marvelous. I mean, you could argue that maybe the maybe the previous four team almost qualify you to be in the fifteen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you know. It's, uh, I think again, the important thing is is my main sticky note will be recognizing when they're there is 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 the key thing. You know, you'll we will always do these things. It's human nature, but it's how long have I done this before, and, and am I aware of you know? And I think. You know, the thing I would champion again as another, I've seen so many good plans and good ideas and good strategies brought down by these things being evident within, within businesses. You know, and I, I, my approach today and for the rest of my working life is, is always going to be that building a great strategy, defining the culture where this strategy needs to be embedded into. And then just helping people to avoid these behaviors that stop them from being the best version of themselves that they can be isn't a bad place to get people to, you know. Um, and again, if you create those sort of three buckets and just say, right, you know, what do we do in ABC? I don't think people are going to go very far wrong. And if you do go wrong, I, I, and I say this all the time, you won't go wrong for long. Because I think if you're aware of your journey, you can retrace your steps back to where you did go that wrong direction and, and pick up from there. I think if you get to a place where you think, no idea how we got here, it's a very difficult way to be able to appreciate, well, how did we get here? What happened? And, you know, I think, um, you know, if people can avoid doing that, the, the better. And, and listen, a, a lot of these things as well are, they're also not just conducive to success, but they're conducive to what I think is the most important aspect of going to work which is feeling like you are, are enjoying what you do and and you know i say i've said it to people all the time in in teams I, I don't think employees or colleagues members of your team i don't think they're asking themselves too many questions about their job i think they're asking themselves can i do this am i enjoying doing this and do I feel valued whilst I'm doing this? And I think if the answer to those three things is yes, I think by and large, you're in a position to be able to retain that team. I think if the answer to some of those things is no, I would put good money as an informed gambler when you go back to the root cause. Some of those things that we've just listed will somewhere be showing their ugly face. I, I don't disagree with you, my friend. I don't disagree with you. Listen, Steve, it has been fabulous talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I I feel sure that somewhere in that 15, people are going to be sitting here listening and going, yeah, I recognize some of that behavior and I need to do something <laughs> about it. Mate. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going out with my brother all day tomorrow and I'm, I've got a feeling behavior number 15 <laughs> may be surfacing. Uh, no, listen, listen, any time someone asks you want to share your experiences is it's a privilege and um you know i appreciate you thinking that uh, i can have value to to this and to the guys and girls who uh, who subscribe and listen to it and um more than happy if people want to you know get in touch with us on linkedin if i've not been banned um uh, or via yourself feel free you know more than happy to uh as i said i don't care whether i've ever met you before or whether or not if, if people want to chat or some advice um you know get in touch i'll stick it all in the show notes my friend steve i know i'll speak to you again soon so you take care my friend but thanks so much for coming on 
Pleasure, mate. Take care. Cheers. Okay, everyone. That was Steve Armstrong. And if you'd like to find out a bit more about him or any of the things we've talked about today, please check out the show notes. So, that concludes today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it, found it interesting, and heard something maybe that will help you become a stickier, more successful business from the inside going forward. If you have, please like, comment, and subscribe. It really helps. I'm Andy Gorham, and you've been listening to the Sticky from the Inside podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening.